0: Welcome to the Unteachables podcast. I'm your host, Claire, and I am absolutely no stranger to the challenges and let's face it, sometimes carnage of being a teacher. And if you found yourself, here listening with me, I'd say that you might know a bit about that as well, because being a teacher is friggin' hard. And this podcast is dedicated to making you feel a hell of a lot less alone whilst giving you the knowledge, support and strategies that you need to not just survive the chaos of being a teacher, but truly really thrive. Think about it as getting a weekly dose of relatable, actionable, and most importantly, enjoyable professional learning straight into your ears. So hit the subscribe button, download me for your commute, and let's get into it. Hello, lovely teachers. If you haven't listened to this podcast before, I'm Claire and this is the Unteachables podcast where I just dig into all things classroom management because we all know that we don't get taught enough of that in university. We don't get enough support with that stuff and we get into teaching. So, my whole aim with this podcast and all the work that I do is to try to bridge that gap. Now, last episode, I was talking about being an early career teacher and I referenced something called the conscious competence learning model. And it's something that I really wanted to circle back to for two reasons. The first is it relates to us directly wanting to make changes in our own practice, something that obviously I'm advocating for. I advocate for us doing something different. If something's not working for us, keeping an open mind to trying things we haven't tried before. When I was uh, a first-time leader, I was leading the learning support team and I was leading, I think there were about 10 staff that I was working with. And there was uh, a brand new teacher that I was working with. I had a lot to learn myself, mind you. I was only quite new um, myself. And, you know, I've learned so much about teaching and leadership and all the rest of it since then. And we obviously always have things to continue learning and I'm in no way, you know, have a mastery over absolutely everything. And I don't think we ever do, but At the time, I had this staff member and her lessons were chaotic. It was a challenging environment anyway, but her lessons were absolutely chaotic. And I'd obviously go in and observe and and do learning walks and all the rest of it. And when I was observing her, I tried to give her support, like really kind of – Practical kind of basic things that she could try and implement that I knew for a fact. Like looking at this lesson, if she just tweaked a couple of things, things could be so much calmer. Think like it had just transformed her practice. But there was an absolute brick wall there. I sat down with her. I tried to talk to her about it, and there was a brick wall. Not only that, but there was absolute disdain, and it was. I've learned this already. I've learned this at uni and there was absolutely no give in that. And I wasn't the leader that I should have been back then because I didn't respond in the way that I should have. And I myself was incredibly dysregulated working with this staff member, really, really challenging. Of course, I said, if you learned it at university, you'd be doing it, but you're not doing it. Uh, and I have obviously reflected on how I was leading this team since then. I was in my second year of teaching leading a team of, of 10 to 14, um, learning support staff and learning support teachers. So what that is a massive example of is the conscious competence ladder and thinking about how we learn things and how we adopt our skills. And, and it really just comes down to the fact that we don't know what we don't know. We don't know, um, you know we don't know if we if we haven't seen it before if we haven't practiced it before and it's very easy to oversee the things that we should be doing if we're not even aware that they exist and another reason i really wanted to talk to you about this sorry my voice is going i've got another bloody throat thing anyway during the week a student said to me i know this miss i know how to write an essay i know how to put together a paragraph i know how to analyze a text she didn't. (laughs) Absolutely. She didn't. At least she didn't to the extent that I needed them to do it because obviously as teachers, we know that there is a progression of skills. You know, they can start with it, like with a paragraph, obviously they can do that in year three to a certain extent, and then you have to work up to it. And then you can do it in a GCSE level, a HSE level, whatever country you're from um, and what, what qualifications you do. But you know that there's a progression of these skills, but she was so determined to prove to me that she knew how to do it and she didn't need any of my help. Again, this comes back to that idea of learning to learn that conscious competence model. And I know that other teachers hear this all the time. I know how to do that. Actually, one of the biggest things in English, when students are feeling not very confident, and there's a whole host of reasons why they might say this, but it relates to this as well. You're not sure what you're not sure of, but students a lot say, um, I know how to speak English. I know how to do English. Why am I learning English? It's useless. I know how to speak the language, uh, you know, teach me French or something, or, you know, they just try to poo-poo English because they think that they know everything there is to know about English, but it's because they have been disengaged in the learning They for a whole host of reasons, a whole variety of reasons, but this also relates to it. So when we're thinking about our own practice, this model is really helpful for our, our own reflections. It's helpful as leaders to be able to support our staff, to be able to adopt new new strategies and skills. And it's also really helpful when it comes to being in the classroom, explaining to students that they don't know what they don't know, and to trust us on that journey. I always say to my students, trust me, would I be wasting your time? Would I be sitting you down and talking you through things that I thought you already knew? No. And if you do know this, then show me, and then we can do something more advanced. So, always trying to get like challenge them to do a little bit more. So I hope this episode is just a little nugget of it, but I hope this is helpful to kind of addressing those things and giving you a new way to explain things and reframe things. So the model itself, the conscious competence learning model, it was developed by Noel Birch in the 1970s, and it just describes four stages that we go through when learning new skills, and it just helps us in general understand the processes of learning. It's all about that metacognition. Oh, it's such a education buzzword, isn't? It? I hated the word metacognition when I first started teaching. So while the conscious competence learning model has four stages, it's made up of two factors, which is consciousness, which is how aware we are of what we know or what we can do, how conscious we are of the skills that we have, how conscious we are of the things that we could possibly be doing differently, and then competency, whether we have those skills to do those things that we need to do. So it goes through this ladder and it starts with stage one. When we're starting out something, we don't know what we don't know, unconscious incompetence. We're incompetent at it. that sounds like a really dirty word, but it's not, not dirty as in sexual, but um, incompetence in terms of, you know, feeling like a failure, but it's not, it's not like that. So it's unconscious incompetence. So we don't know what we don't know. We're at the very start of our journey. We don't all necessarily start at that stage. We might have some kind of contextual understanding around things, but this is the very start. So in terms of thinking about this staff member I was working with, she had come fresh into teaching. She saw her set of skills as everything, like exhausting every possibility of what she could be doing with this class and anything that challenged that kind of perception of her being all over. It was quite threatening. So immediately shut down, but she didn't know what she didn't know. And I love this particular sentence. You don't know what you don't know, because someone actually used it in a review of one of my courses. And it was like, This course is everything I didn't know that I didn't know and I can't wait to get started. And that is exactly what we do in our practice when we're learning new things. It's like a light switch is turned on. You know how we talk about having those aha moments with students where all of a sudden the penny drops. It's like they all of a sudden see something different, see something new. And then once we have gone through that stage, we don't know what we don't know, all of a sudden, in the in the, you know, somewhere we see this little flicker and all of a sudden we're like, oh wow, there's something there. And I don't know how to do that something. So with this staff member that I was working with, I was talking about, I don't know what I was talking about back back then, but I think I might've been talking about like positioning in the classroom, being regulated, being still, being calm. And I think I'd just done envoy training at the time. So I was trying to impart that kind of knowledge from Michael Grinder. But at the time, I presented something to her. And when you present something to someone, that's then flicking that switch, going, Oh, okay, I didn't realize that existed. I'm conscious of that now. And I'm conscious that I don't have the skills to be able to do that. So I'm going to have to learn how to do that thing. So, in terms of the teaching context, that's when I'm sitting my students down and I'm showing them maybe a new scaffold, a new model that they don't know how to do just yet. And they're going, Oh, miss, okay yeah, I don't know how to write an essay because what you're presenting to me right now is totally different than what I I thought it was. And I don't know how to do that. I wouldn't be able to sit down right now and write this essay. So that's conscious incompetence. We're aware that we don't have the skills. We don't know how to do that yet. Um, so we're aware of it, but we don't know how to do it yet. Once we're starting to kind of be aware of these things, we have to then start to practice these things to learn them. And then we move into the next stage, which is conscious competence. So we can do the things, but we're really aware of it. We have to explicitly practice those things. So just say if this staff member did have a look at that and go, oh my gosh, okay, that is something I don't know how to do. That's something that I really need to do. I'm going to start practicing that. I'm going to start adopting that. And imagine every single lesson she went into that lesson and she was practicing it. She was living it. She was doing that in her practice. She was competent at that because she was living it. All of a sudden she knows that she can now do that and it's having an impact, but it's something that she has to really explicitly think about and do in her practice every single day thinking about the students i'm presenting them with a model for an essay then i'm sitting them down i'm giving them a scaffold and they're working through it and all of a sudden they're like oh my gosh i can do this i can do this essay i know how to write analytically i can i've, I've adopted this skill but they're still having to be conscious of those skills. So maybe every lesson they have to use a scaffold, maybe every lesson in their heads, they're going, Oh my God, how do I do the essay again? That's right. I start with my, my thesis statement. How do I continue on? Okay. I need to introduce some evidence. So they're going through that process of learning every single lesson where they're having to consciously think about it. They can do it, which is brilliant, but they're having to really explicitly think about those skills. And then what we need to move into, or, you know, we eventually move into naturally it's called hardwiring which is unconscious competence once we've adopted those skills once we have done it so much we don't actually have to think about it anymore it's just a natural part of our practice that's unconscious competence we can do it without having to explicitly think about it so all the things that I teach in my courses, when it comes to classroom management, that's something that I do unconsciously. That's a hardwired part of my practice. And of course I can then be metacognitive about what I'm doing and be conscious of that. But when I'm living my day-to-day kind of teaching life, I'm not thinking, okay, crap, what am I going to do to to create a sense of calm in my class to begin with? That's what the last um, episode was about. So I'll, I'll refer back to that. I'm not going into my class thinking, okay, what are the three E's, energy, environment, engagement. I'm not thinking that anymore. I'm embedding that as a part of my practice every single lesson without having to be conscious about it. So it's more effortless. It doesn't take as much of my headspace. It's not something that I have to really work hard at anymore. Of course, I work hard at other things to adopt in my practice, but those particular things are just a part of it now, which is brilliant. So that is where we want to get to when it comes to classroom management. And that's why it's so hard to learn a new skill as well. It's so hard because we have to really work at it. We have to hardwire it. And I say it in every single one of my classroom management courses. Now it's up to you. I can just give you the skills, but it really ultimately is up to the individual to go, okay, I'm consciously incompetent now. I know that that exists and I know that I can't do that thing, or I know that I can't do that thing very well. So I need to go into my classroom now and I need to continually be consciously competent. I need to consciously be competent every single day. I need to hardwire these skills. I need to be practicing it. I need to be doing it because if I don't use it, I will lose it. And that is a hundred percent the case when we learn something new in teaching. I remember when I did a choice theory training, it was the best training I've ever done in my career. It was so brilliant. It's something that I teach through that'll teach them as well, because it's just so pivotal. It's such a cornerstone of the values that underpin my practice and also like the, the actions around it. But when I first went to the choice theory training, it took a hell of a lot of hard wiring. I had to sit, I was sitting down with my friend Carly and we were going over the strategies and we were like writing cheat sheets. And like, we really had to consciously adopt these strategies, especially the, the questioning strategies, because that's really strategic and it's really quite in depth and it's just really kind of nuanced in the way that you do it. So in terms of actions moving forward, what can you actually do with this information? It's more just a way to reframe the things that you're thinking at the moment and the things that you're doing, because I think imposter syndrome is such a huge thing in teaching. So remember next time you're looking at somebody else's practice and they make it look so freaking effortless that they've, they've too gone through that, that kind of whole learning process. They've had to hardwire things. They've had to at one stage be feeling really incompetent at it to be able to then move through those stages to competency and then, you know, hardwiring it enough to be unconsciously competent. Remember it when we're facing things with our students and that it also shows the importance of modeling, like showing our students, what they could possibly do, what the options are. It's important in leadership, being able to model that for our staff and showing them different ways to do things, actually getting into the classroom with them and and doing that alongside them. It's important for so many different reasons. And you can even teach your students about this ladder. You can have it up on the wall. I'll share it to my stories and I'll I'll put it in the um, podcast highlights so you can have a look at it. But sharing the ladder saying, you know what, you think you can do it now. And I really want to see if you can, but have a look at this ladder because it's very common for human beings in general and just normalize it. Don't make it something personal about them because they want to succeed at things. They want to feel like they're competent at things. And if you say you're incompetent, don't say that to students, but have it up on the wall and say, look, where do you think you are in this ladder at the moment? Is it a possibility that you actually might be just not aware of you don't know what you don't know. Uh, is there a possibility that we need to move up the ladder here and I'm going to show you what it looks like to have these skills and and you know it helps with adopting that growth mindset because intelligence isn't fixed it's something that we just need to practice and practice some more until eventually it's something that's a hardwired part of your skill set. Okay lovely teachers, I'm going to leave it there for the day. I'm not going to ramble on for too much longer, but just to recap there is the conscious competence learning model by Noel Birch. And it describes those four stages when we're learning new skills. And it just helps us understand what it is to learn. We start out by being unconsciously incompetent. That just means we don't know what we don't know. It's nothing negative. We just don't know yet. We then see something flickering in front of us. And all of a sudden we have that aha moment that this thing exists, that skill exists. There's something that we don't know. And all of a sudden we move into consciously incompetent. We know that the practice that we currently have in the classroom or whatever context we're in, we know that we're not doing what we can be doing. We know that we can be doing more so we know what we don't know then once we start to adopt that skill, we move into conscious conscious competence. So we know that we can do that now. We have to hardwire it. We have to practice it. It's something that we can do. We have to put a lot of thought into it. We have to be thinking about it. Just like when we're using cheat sheets and models and scaffolds, and then thinking about the prompts, all of those things that we're really consciously doing. We have to be thinking to ourselves before we walk into the classroom, how am I going to make sure that my energy is on point today? How am I going to make sure that I'm engaging my students with this do now? Oh, that's right to have to do X, Y, and Z. And then once we have really hardwired those skills, we don't need to think about it anymore. It's effortless. We don't have to worry about it because we are just naturally creating a a do now or a a starter activity that's going to engage our young people and be really driven by concept. We're naturally going to be using body language that is de-escalating rather than escalating. We're naturally going to be doing things that uh, in our conversations, we're going to be, you know, the dialogue we use with our young people is just effortless, but it's really effective. And that's where we want to get to as educators, but always remembering that there are always going to be things out there that we don't know exist. And we're always going to be unconsciously incompetent at something. And that's humbling. And we need to remember that at all times because we don't know everything. Okay, I'll leave it there. Have a great week and I will see you at the same time in the same place next week.